Education Trends is brought to you by our friends at VMO Education. VMO works with higher education institutions to develop and implement income-based finance programs on their campuses. Want help designing an ISA program? VMO has you covered. Check out the link in our show notes to learn more about how VMO partners with and designs ISAs for world-class higher education institutions. And now, on to education trends. As the CEO of Maker Girl, Stephanie Hine has made bringing STEM education to young girls her entire career. Maker Girl is a program that teaches young girls to explore their curiosity and pursue new ideas through the use of emerging technologies such as 3D printing and tinkering. Stephanie hopes that all Maker Girls develop a deep love of learning and technology in the same way that she did, and that eventually, Maker Girl graduates will flood universities and workplaces to bring more female representation to a male-dominated tech field. Here, Stephanie talks about what sets Maker Girl apart in the education world and how she hopes to grow in the future. Thank you so much for, for joining us on EdTrends. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. What I would love first, if you would, if you could just introduce yourself, tell us who you are, what you do, your title, kind of where you work and all that kind of biographical information. Okay, sure. So my name is Stephanie Hine. I'm the CEO of Maker Girl. And Maker Girl is a nonprofit organization that's headquartered in Champaign, Illinois. And we do 3D printing and STEM classes with seven to 10 year old girls. Tell me a little bit about your background and where you came from, your education experiences. What kind of brought you to where you are right now? What, What makes you you? So I grew up going to public schools, had a really great experience with that. I think my probably like the formative STEM experience that I had that kind of got me interested in STEM and STEM education was in middle school. When I was in seventh grade, I took like a Rube Goldberg class where we had to build a contraption to blow out a candle on a cupcake. And I remember just loving that class so much. And I really liked working as a team to like come up with solutions to the problem we were trying to solve. And that was kind of my first exposure to STEM that I remember really enjoying. And then also in middle school, I don't remember this, but my mom remembers it very distinctly is I, after liking that class, she encouraged me to take an engineering class. And I remember, well, she tells me that I said no to that class because there were too many boys in it and I didn't want to be the only girl. And so that was another pretty important experience, I think, leading to where I am today. And then in high school, I really enjoyed science. I took a lot of chemistry and biology classes, which led me to study molecular biology at University of Illinois. So that's kind of how I chose that major. And then while I was at University of Illinois, I got involved with Maker Girl my junior and senior year. And that's where I got really interested in education, especially STEM education. So that led me to pursue a master's in education at University of Michigan. So that's how basically I ended up (laughs) in the STEM education world. (laughs) So what made you want to make STEM education your profession? And like, what, I guess, was the impetus for Maker Girl? And And why was that something that was important to you? For STEM education in general... I really enjoyed learning about molecular biology while I was here at Mm -hmm. Illinois, but it wasn't something that I saw myself doing as a profession. Like I didn't see myself in a lab or I didn't see myself going to med school or dental school and kind of applying the molecular biology, but I was really just through Maker Girl got really interested in how kids learn about STEM and like 
STEM experiences that kids have that then cause them to go on and want to study STEM. So that's why I got involved in STEM education. I'm interested in like informal learning. So after school programs, toys as a form of education. Mm -hmm. So things outside of the classroom are really interesting to me and how those experiences influence what kids end up deciding they want to do with their career. And for Maker Girl specifically, I it was my junior year and I saw a Facebook post about Maker Girl. They had just done their first session. And I remember just like being fascinated by what this group of students was doing. I thought their mission was great working with groups of girls to get them interested in STEM. I had never touched a 3D printer before. Um, <laughs> so that was really exciting to learn. So I wasn't a co-founder, but I joined right after they started. But the mm -hmm. two co-founders are business students and they started Maker Girl through a social entrepreneurship class here at the university. They had to answer the question, what bothers you? And mm -hmm. between the two of them, they came up with a couple of different answers. One was the lack of women in STEM. One was the lack of women in CEO and CFO roles. And then the other was just like a desire to want to inspire their peers around them. So that's how they came up with Maker Girl. I'm going to steal their question and ask you, what bothers you? I'd say what bothers me is when it comes to STEM fields, how women aren't always portrayed either in the media or in even girls' personal lives as like being in STEM fields. I think especially with engineering and computer science, there's not as many role models out there for girls. So they sure. therefore like don't see themselves pursuing those as professions or don't think that they would fit into those fields. So that's what bothers me about education when it comes to STEM education. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to change with Make Your Girl. So how do you go about educating people? Give me a, a kind of a rundown of what a Make Your Girl program education kind of looks like. Okay, so it's currently mostly an after-school program right now. We do mm -hmm. sessions at the University of Illinois and Northwestern, and they're two hours long. And the girls come in, and each session has a different theme. So we connect STEM and 3D printing to a specific area, for example, like fashion, or sports or medicine, kind of things that girls are already interested in or know a little bit about. We like to show them how STEM and 3D printing is used in that specific area. So there's a theme around every session. And the first thing we do is work on brainstorming with them. So each session they design their own 3D objects. So we start by having them draw on paper, just with pencils and markers, drawing out their ideas on what they want to create. Mm -hmm. um, and they have to draw out a couple of different versions of that. And then we use Tinkercad on the computer. It's like a kid-friendly CADing software mm -hmm. where they drag and drop different shapes together to create whatever final object they're trying to make. And that's the bulk of the two hours that takes the longest. What I really like about Tinkercad is that they can get the idea of dragging and dropping the shapes pretty quickly but uh -huh. it's um, pretty difficult when it comes to like the spatial reasoning aspect of it where they have to rotate their design and look at it from different angles to see if all their shapes are connecting so I really like working with them on that aspect because that doesn't come quite as naturally as just the dragging and dropping the shapes and then after they're done designing we load it on a 3d printer and it prints out and they're able to take it home with them also during the time when the printers are running, because that's about like 45 minutes, we do other STEM activities. We've been using the Makey Makey most yeah. recently. It's like a little keyboard that 
turns anything that conducts electricity into a touchpad. So you can play like a banana piano um, <laughs> or type with potatoes. There's a lot of different applications for it, but we've been using that a lot while the printers are going. It's pretty fun. <laughs> That's very cool. And it kind of leads me perfectly into my next question. When you and I were growing up, technology was kind of, it was around, but it wasn't quite what it is now. So how have you seen mm-hmm. technology explode education? Like how has it helped? How has it had a negative effect? How do you think that using technology is going to impact education moving forward? I think it's a positive thing because it allows students to like connect with other students. I've talked to a couple of teachers who are like using it to connect with classrooms from the UK or like Germany and different mm-hmm. places. So I think that's a really cool tool to use. And then I think an obvious one is just like coding. Everyone says it's the language of the future. And I think that is has some validity to it. And it's an important skill for kids to learn. So I think it's positive in that way. But I think it's negative in terms of I've heard a lot of teachers talk about issues they've had with like just social media in a school setting. I think I think that's an issue like when it comes to bullying and body image and things like that. And I think I've heard some schools share with me that they do kind of like social media classes and etiquette where they teach kids how to use the internet and how to like be appropriate on social media. So I think those are measures you can take to prevent that. But I think it's also kind of a downside because I, I didn't have that until like senior year of high school. I didn't have yeah. a smartphone until senior year. I didn't have Instagram or anything until I was almost Same here. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it was all, so it was all very new to me when yeah. I was even still just entering college. And now, so kids are growing up with it. So I imagine yeah. it's a whole new world that students, teachers, I'm really parents, happy. Like, I, yeah. yeah, I'm happy I avoided that. I feel pretty fortunate about that. <laughs> For sure. But I still, I'm, I'm kind of bummed too, because now kids are getting to use things like 3D printers and, and learn about all these different mm-hmm. ways that they can do things. Tell me about the reaction of a maker girl or, or a girl in the class when they kind of get to use this kind of stuff and, and how that might fuel them as they, as they continue their education. For 3D printing specifically, most of the girls I'd say that come through have just seen videos of 3D printers. They Mm -hmm. haven't seen them in person. And so they're quite mesmerized by it when they get (laughs) to see, especially when they see it like printing out their own object. Some of them will just sit there and stare at it and watch it print out for like 30 minutes and be totally content and like amazed Mm -hmm. doing that. And I I think the problem solving aspect of the program where we're asking girls to design a 3D object, it's new for most of them. And it does present some challenges that they have to like overcome. So I really like that aspect because I think it teaches them that it's okay to fail and that it's not the end of the world if they mess up their design. Mm -hmm. There's always something they can do to learn from their mistake and to fix it and to move forward. I think that's a really important part of our program. For sure. And I think you're obviously teaching skills that are going to be important as they move on into college, into the workforce, what do you think the future of jobs is going to look like? So you're saying like specific to STEM education, like what do you see the future of jobs looking like, right? Sure. Yeah. So the future of jobs in general, (laughs) if you want, and the future as it pertains to STEM girls and maker girls. Okay. So the first one, I have like a contradicting answer because in one way I see it headed towards coding being really important and like computer skills being 
very important and like that continuing to be a need that's going to be filled. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we've worked with a lot of community colleges with Maker Girl and I actually see their need for students going into manufacturing jobs and like electricians and plumbers and more hard skills. They're seeing a big need for that in the workforce and not as many students choosing that option. So I feel like it's almost like two ends of the spectrum where there's the super techie jobs that are going to need to be filled, Mm -hmm. but also then like the manufacturing jobs as well. And then for STEM education and the maker girls specifically, we've been around for four years. So all the girls that have gone through a program are still pretty young, but our goal for them in terms of STEM education is to just try something new and get exposed to something new in our program, like 3D printing. And then we encourage the parents at home to like continue doing hands-on like STEM activities with their girls. We give them resources in the community so they can go visit different museums or have different STEM experiences outside of the classroom as well. So it's more, it's more general. And I think Mm -hmm. as we continue to move forward and the girls who go through our program get older, we'll be able to see which ones actually end up deciding to take STEM classes in high school and study in college and eventually like go into those professional fields. What do you see as a future for Maker Girl? How do you see Maker Girl continuing to partner with higher education or Mm -hmm. high schools or any kind of educational, traditional education or different educations like the the coding boot camps that you're seeing pop up more and more. I think, Mm -hmm. how do you see Maker Girl fitting into that realm of education? So currently our model for growth is that we recruit students at different universities to form a Maker Girl Academy. Mm -hmm. So we're at Illinois Northwestern, then we just piloted at Harvard. And that's our goal for the short term is to have 10 Maker Girl Academies by 2023. And I think that's another big part of our program that sometimes gets missed is that we're so focused on the seven to 10 year old girls. Another part is the university students that we work with and that actually run our program because mm-hmm. they're, they're also gaining some really valuable skills by running a nonprofit organization. I mean, I'm the only full-time person, so they do a lot of the work to make it happen. So I think those are valuable skills and like, it's a great opportunity for the university students too. And then We currently do our sessions mostly at the universities, but then over the summer, we do a road trip where we bring our program across the country. Mm -hmm. Um, We've done two of those trips so far, and we're planning an East Coast version for the summer. So that's when we get to like go out into different schools and libraries and museums and work with different students from across the country, which is really exciting. And then something that we're trying for 2019 is doing more mobile sessions in the areas where our universities are located. So going out to like Champaign-Urbana and partnering with some of the school districts around here. We'll be partnering with Girl Scouts up in Evanston to host our sessions up there. So we're just trying to like reach new groups of girls that we haven't reached before. Ultimately, I think you're going to have success with these girls and any kind of, like you said, experience of something new is might inspire them to mm-hmm. keep going or, or to continue trying new things. What are some of the greatest successes or most inspirational stories you've seen so far in your time with Maker Girl? My favorite example is about a girl named Addie. She used to come to all of our sessions here in Champaign before she moved away, but you could just see her improving her skills as she would come to every session but even beyond that one day her dad 
dropped her off at school and he told us this story. He said he dropped her off at school one day and said something like she turned around and told him, dad, I'm not your baby girl. I'm a maker girl, Um, (laughs) which is an, it's an adorable story. But he also thought it was really powerful because she's identifying with the skills in our program um, and what we're trying to teach her. So I love, I love that example. And then we had most recently, we had a session at Northwestern, and we we have the girls answer some questions after, so we can see like what they're learning. And one of the girls, one of the questions we ask is, "What is a maker girl?" And she said something along the lines of, "A maker girl is someone who makes mistakes but keeps going and never says no." Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really powerful that she got that from her first time at our session, and then. I have one more example. Um, Go for it. I went on our first road trip in 2016 and we were, we were in like the Eastern side of Michigan doing a session. And we always like to share kind of that we're university students, you know, we started this program on our own. We run it. That really resonated with one of the girls at that session. And she, during the time of the session, just like kind of came up with her own plan to start. I think it was like a soccer related organization where she mm-hmm. was going to go teach little kids how to play soccer and like mentor them. So I think the fact that we opened her eyes kind of and she realized that she could start something herself, I think that was really powerful too. How fulfilling is it to see that you're having this effect on so many people and to be doing it in education, which is one of the most important areas of a person's life? I mean, it's, it's so fulfilling. I think that was one of my main motivations for like coming back and working on it full time is that I just like every time I go to a session and interact with the girls, it's just like the best feeling in the world. It's energizing, it's rewarding, it's motivating to like continue working on Maker Girl when I see the impact that we're having on these girls. How smart is this next generation and how do you think that they can impact the world? Oh, wow. That's a big question. <laughs> from the girls I've worked with, I'm just very impressed with their ability to like ask questions and also teamwork because we're trying to implement more teamworking into our program, but it's actually something that they've been able to do on their own, like without our guidance where you Mm -hmm. see like one girl struggling and then her neighbor next to her that she maybe just met like five minutes ago helps her figure out the answer. And I think that collaboration is amazing. And I don't know I just think back to when I was a kid and having to do group projects, hating that. <laughs> they were the like, worst, yeah. Yeah, they were the worst. And I just, I've seen multiple, on multiple occasions where like they'll just help each other without any prompting from the instructors. So I think that's a big skill that they have that I don't know if I had when I was that little. So I think that's pretty valuable impact. Yeah, I think in the generation that's younger than me, like what is it, iGen, I think, I just see them like really trying to like change how people interact with each other and how people view people who are different than them. And I think I can continue to see like this group of younger girls work towards that as well, where everyone kind of feels included and valued and also just being confident and feeling free enough to like pursue whatever passion you have. What makes a maker girl different? What about her education makes her different and more likely to, I don't know, more likely to succeed, but sets her up better to succeed, I guess is the better way to put it. I think a big part of it is just being thrown into something that's new and having to kind of dive right into a new challenging experience and kind of learn as you go. I think like that ability to be adaptive and to be open-minded 
and to like try and fail and then try again and, and succeed. I think those are valuable things that will like carry them through the rest of their education and hopefully into like their careers. All right. We end every interview with a quick lightning round, just random kind of fast paced question. You're, okay. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> All right. First question. What are you reading or what have you read lately that you've loved? I'm in the middle of reading Why Gender Matters, which is very relevant to Maker Girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's very on brand. That works. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What about podcasts? Do you listen to podcasts? What do you yeah. listen to? I love NPR's How I Built This. Mm-hmm. That's a great one. Love yeah. it. Playlists, music. What's on your go-to playlist or who's your go-to artist? Uh, I love Taylor Swift, I guess. Oh my like, God, me too. To oh my God, yeah. yeah she's the best. Yeah, she's obviously the best. <laughs> okay, what is your guilty pleasure or favorite like snack food? Oh, dark chocolate. Any binging, like binge watching going on? Favorite TV shows? Oh yeah, I love Grey's Anatomy. It's like my guilty pleasure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Solid choice. Meredith Grey is my hero. <laughs> and Shonda Rhimes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what inspires you? What inspires me? Oh, my team of students, the university students that I work with. I think just the fact that like they are doing Maker Girl because they want to do Maker Girl and they're just volunteering their time. I think like they inspire me every day. <laughs> well, tell me a little bit more about the the university students too, because I, I, I meant to ask you about that, but what what is it that you think draws them to Maker Girl and what qualities in them do you see that are exciting to you? I think a lot of them are drawn to Maker Girl initially because of like a desire to want to work with kids mm-hmm. um, just in general. Most of our students, I wouldn't say most, but a lot of them are like in STEM majors. So I think Mm -hmm. that combination of being able to work with kids, but also like teach them about STEM is another draw. And then we also have a lot of business students. And I think like a lot of the times they're drawn by like being able to get like kind of real world experience working like on a real nonprofit organization Mm -hmm. while they're still a student. That's another like big draw. Awesome. And last question. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given or that you would like to give? I'd say in starting this Maker Girl journey, like the best piece of advice I got was make sure you take time for yourself because I could easily like be working on this 24-7, checking my email at 3 a.m. But uh, I really have to like consciously give myself time to myself. And then the best piece of advice I'd want to like maybe give to like my younger self is don't worry about what your peers are doing in terms of an academic path or a career path. My path has been like a little more unconventional, I guess, as compared to like some of my peers, but it all, it's been working for me and I shouldn't have to worry about like what everyone else is doing. That's awesome. I love it. Stephanie, thank you so much for for joining us. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.